1: the seeding stuff like Michigan
2: mm-hmm.
1: somehow getting yeah, an 11 seed with requ- a 17 I mean, and 14 record
2: you're not going to do that um, on the fly they got in i mean and that's that's all tv money that's all that is
1: oh yeah it's absolutely it's absolutely the brand it's just it's funny because like
2: i is feel like they right? got a little they're what? playing team tomorrow right no no
1: they got they got an 11 seed they 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 were they weren't even considered last well, four in.
2: Well, but playing, I were, mean, there's 11s in the play-in.
1: No, but, play- but Michigan is not one yeah. of them. It is okay. Indiana and Wyoming, Rutgers and Notre Dame. and
2: Well, there's two more tomorrow, then the right? other,
1: Well, but the other two are 16-seed matchups. Oh, okay. So Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi played today. And Wright State and I can't remember the name, Bryant, yeah. are the two that are playing us. And I... I, this this was the other Twitter argument that I was just like, man, I just don't even want to bother with this conversation.
2: You
1: shouldn't. Because I, I think it sucks for mid-majors to accept a payoff. Because it's basically, you're accepting a payoff, and it's good for your school and the right. conference that you get to go to Dayton and get, like, X million dollars that you would have gotten anyway at the NCAA tournament, but they take the privilege away uh, of those schools that win their conference tournament to... So like go like they're gonna go to get thumped by somebody. Right. At least give them the trip to wherever the fuck they're going to get thumped. Instead of Dayton who doesn't
2: have air conditioning. Yeah, I I've I've long felt that you win your like like all the all the first four teams should be at large, should not be conference Absolutely.
1: champions. At large, yeah.
2: I just don't at think large that's, bids. I think that it should literally be like the last eight in. Is and who the first and I
1: think they're, go. I think they're clever. Like I think they're clever with what they do with those first
2: four because they they're put clever. Indiana in. They're clever with a lot of their matchups. Like, oh yeah, no yeah. there's no yeah. way.
1: There's no accidents as much as, and this was an argument Platt and I had with Tony, not on the show, but um, mm-hmm. one other time cause he was like, they, they don't set up storylines I was like that is horseshit. I was like, because I can of tell you they that the – if the if the NCAA can put Illinois versus a former coach of theirs or yeah. vice versa, they do it.
2: Yeah, it's it's they or, do it all the time. They'll put in-state rivals against each other from separate conferences. They'll set last,
1: up last year.
2: They'll set up second Illinois and third Illinois round matchups. Started. Like had had UMBC made the tournament the year after they beat UVA in the first round, they would have they somehow set them up, up to play each other again. Like it's just what they oh. do because at the end of the day. Just like everything else, and, and people hate the word.
1: You need a narrative.
2: It's no, not that that that's true as well. And and you need a narrative for what I'm about to say. It's a business. It's about ratings, right. it's about money. Can you it's sure. uh, college sports, mainly football and basketball, are athletic competi- are are big money businesses under the guise of athletic right. competition. Of amateurism. Yeah, right. of amateurism. And that's why I have no problem with the NIL stuff because you're going to make billions of dollars off these athletes. You might as well pay them for it. So I, uh, yeah,
1: I absolutely agree.
2: I get that. So Miranda Morales is having some technical difficulties. So we're going to let her work on that. And, and And we're we're just going to
1: keep starting the show.
2: We're going to keep, keep the pre-show banter going and, and start the show, which is unfortunate for her based on the opening topic here, but maybe as things get going and maybe we even shift and, and, do that topic second. Oh, she, jo- she
1: joined the call. She joined the call.
2: Well, there we go. Well, she's joined, but we'll let her load as she listens to the show opening with everybody else.
3: Oh, Phoenix! Hey, yo. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fans. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
4: long.
1: straight punk bitch I mean you're just gonna replace me
3: shut up the Morales the biggest slut in the Western uh, Hemisphere Why do
4: I have to have a buzzer?
3: You are now and will forever be an asshole.
2: Because it's my show.
4: You, you guys
3: know how to party. You're welcome!
0: It
2: is a beautiful Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning for those of you listening at home. Greg DeMarco show. Greg DeMarco, Patrick O'Dowd, maybe Miranda Morales. Like, I see her initials in the corner. I pause to see if she speaks. Technical difficulties. Um,
4: I I, I was going to wait my turn till I usually do the thing where you say, hey, and then we're here, and then blah, blah, blah. blah. But, you know, if you want to ruin it that's fine too
2: I, apparently oh, i ruined wow. something i don't even know what i ruined Somebody's well, I'm
1: salty. Why is salty?
2: <laughs> yeah why is your is, is, is the key to your technical issues your camera being off
4: uh no that's just a personal choice right now uh because <laughs> okay. i'm I'm, rec- I'm recording from my phone and so literally if i were to do this i'd have to figure out like this is just you know, like we're facing oh, yeah, You got to
1: be careful. You got to be careful with that. I have I uh I struggled with that. Struggle yeah. was real.
2: We had an episode yeah. that was just Patrick and I with the phone and it kept falling over. It was good stuff.
1: And you got to get like a nice solid yeah. stand. Yeah. Of some yeah, sort. Yeah, I, I don't. And all I have oh, is these um, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkeys. They don't they don't really work so great?
4: I actually may have gotten something. Hold on, oh, Patrick said the magic word late,
2: breaking, late, late, breaking, developments. late breaking development. Hey, look at that. Beep,
4: beep, 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 beep. Okay, we're good now.
2: Should've, you know, I
1: hindsight being everything, I should have swiped the kids' Nintendo Switch stand. There you go, because he's got one of those little pop up, like, right, life, you know, great ideas a month later.
2: Yeah, We'll see, yeah. yeah we'll it see. And, and then the technology will change, as as would normally happen. Mm-hmm. Everything works perfectly for the Hashtag Miranda Show. That's just how these things work. So, Yeah, um, that's, just,
4: that's just God's telling you that, right. uh, how important the Hashtag Miranda so Show is. So
2: before we jump into the topics that we have for the show, one should be obvious to everybody. One, everyone knows because I texted them about it. Um, we all sit here right now, this Tuesday evening, and even it, when Wednesday when it airs, and all three of us are represented in the NCAA basketball tournament. We are all part of March Madness. We have the two-seeded, right? Are they 2 seed or one seed? The Arizona Wildcats. I think they're a 2 seed.
1: Number one seed. Run, baby. One, baby!
2: Okay. Were they the number overall number two? Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah.
1: The Gonzaga was the two. overall number one. Yes.
2: And we will all get Gonzaga again, I'm sure. And the 11-seeded... Virginia Tech Hokies, probably going to pull the first round upset. They match up very well against Texas. I'm excited about that. I saw an analyst literally say, you could have flip-flopped the two teams and no one would have complained. That <laughs> Tech being a six, because they're hot coming out of the ACC tournament. Right, they're playing really well right now. And the first two teams that we mentioned, also champions of their respective conference tournaments. And then we have the Fighting Illini. No, that's Notre Dame. We have... No, what are you guys? Just... What, what, fighting Illini. You're Illini too.
1: University
4: of Illinois. Yeah, fighting Illini. Irish not is fighting. Notre Dame.
2: There's too many fighting. You
4: think you're the Fighting yeah. Irish, yeah.
2: Yeah, whatever. Um, the, the, the Illini of Illinois. Patrick O'Dowd. Not your conference tournament champions, but... Could all, could all still go down in history. We'll see. They,
1: they, they, they were the regular season tournament champion. Like they, It was a co-championship with the most fortunate team in basketball, the Wisconsin Badgers. But uh, sadly, I think my team gets as far as the Sweet 16, where they will likely lose to the University of Arizona. So it's already happened once this season, uh, and I see it happening a second time. Uh, but hell, they're... Three years ago, Illinois didn't make tournaments. Right, like we we were a bubble team at best, and so this is the best round of success the schools had since the two thousand and five season. And I mean, good Virginia, on your Hokies, by the way, number like, seven seed through. in the ACC
2: tournament. A yeah, lot of people had that. him as as part of the second four out, not even the first four out. So right, and that's an expanded. Yeah, they field. were
1: they were they were a bid stealer. Yeah, they were a bid stealer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more, I'm more incensed about what we were talking about before we started the show with some of the, some of the placements of teams and where they yeah. ended up. Like, I don't, I don't think Rodgers deserves we, to be playing don't, we don't, in a play game
2: tomorrow. We don't, we don't, we don't, don't, tomorrow. We don't no,
1: no, no, no. And analysis is important.
2: Not on a wrestling podcast. Break it down. Not on a really? Have
1: podcast. you listened to our wrestling podcast and how little we talk about wrestling? Sometimes we
2: have the past few yeah, weeks it's that Apparently you too. get great feedback when we don't talk about wrestling. I've gotten great feedback the past two weeks. Wrestling's all we talked about.
1: Well, I mean, you made well. you made, well, you made what's his name happy, I guess.
2: I don't know. I didn't get feedback from him, so yeah. we'll I don't see.
4: know, Derek. What's, I forget. I don't know names anymore. It's,
2: it's Keith.
1: Kyle. Watch out for Keith.
4: <laughs>
2: Watch out for Keith. I gotta find that soundbite. I'm not gonna spend time looking for sound bites, but what we are gonna do now that we're a good ten plus minutes into the show, let's do the usual and 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 get in a t-shirt commercial or so, um, and then come talk about. We got two great topics to talk about today. I'm very excited about them. Of course, this is the Greg DeMarco Show. Greg DeMarco, Patrick Rodell, Miranda Morales. We are part of the ChairShot Radio Network, streaming on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head.
4: Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
2: Listen on all of your favorite streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, so many more. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, leave us a five-star review, tell a friend, be a part of the conversation. Have lots of fun. It's uh, it's what we're all about here on the program. So uh be a part of it all and and you know, follow on social media. We'll get to all that stuff later in the show. Um yeah, you know, it's time to, to well it's time for it's time, but I, I I I don't remember there's something I have to do to get from point A to point B. And I don't remember what it is. Miranda might know what it is, what Wait. I have to do.
4: So it's time for it's time, but is yeah. it but not quite yet time until I say it's time?
2: Well you don't say it's time. You say something else that causes me to play its time.
4: Yes, that is also true. Yes. Uh, well I, I think now it's time to tell you it's time to Wind it up! Mm Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own chair shot t shirt today. And you know what? Usually I'm looking at this on my phone, but right now I'm on my computer. It's craziness right now. Uh, the bizarro world. One thing's here, another thing's there. But What I mean to tell you is that you can use your phone or your computer to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to view all of the amazing shirts that are available there. That includes the new Nefarious Means t-shirt, as well as the official unofficial t-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, hashtag save tag team wrestling, the queen of soft style t-shirt, and everybody hates Greg. So, why don't you go visit ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to see all of the t shirts that are there, like the OG chair shot logo, multiple always use your head shirts, the chair shot Corona shirt, Baron Corbin sucks, and much, much more. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you can get any t shirt starting at what? $19.99. And then you can customize it by ordering it in different colors and styles you know what that means you can get your t-shirt in soft style celebrate your day your week your life right by getting a t-shirt in soft style so well what are you waiting for it's there your phone your computer your tablet go to pro wrestling Tees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your t-shirt today that is pro wrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot
3: better than you Chico. I learned that when I stepped through that curtain that I could have a relationship as a performer with an audience and it was a powerful thing to me whether I was the hated villain or the beloved hero and that was something that I've always treasured. So thank you to all the wrestling fans here and all the fans watching around the world. In my lifetime, I've learned Hard work pays off Dreams come true Bad times don't last But bad guys do
2: Of course, what you just heard comes from the 2014 Hall of Fame induction of Scott Hall, known to many, at least initially when they fell in love with the performer of Scott Hall as Razor Ramon during his initial run in WWE. Of course, he had a big time, four-year run in WWE, four-time Intercontinental Champion, famous, infamous for his character, famous, of course, for his ladder matches with Shawn Michaels, and so much more. Left went to WCW. Was one of the founding members of the NWO, and and his iconic, you know, survey time that he would do with the fans, uh, and and you know had his ups, had his downs. A lot of that's been well chronicled, and and here we stand in 2022. Um, had a hip surgery, and and due to complications from his hip surgery, had three separate. Cardiac arrest, heart attacks, ended up on life support, and on Monday, uh, that plug was pulled, and and he fought for a few hours, and then did ultimately pass away. Scott Hall, no longer with us, but one of the most beloved, one of the most respected, and and really one of the most influential performers in pro wrestling history, and and thankfully, I guess, not. Just now getting his due because he passed away. His due has been coming his way for quite some time now, um, especially since his Hall of Fame induction and beyond. Miranda, I want to let you start because you, of course, came up through the Attitude Era and and one of the big performers you would have seen, of course, is Razor Ramon and then Scott Hall. Um, really just thoughts in general on the career, the passing, wherever you want to go, with, uh, with with wrestling's greatest bad guy, Scott Hall.
4: Yeah. Um. So the very first wrestling program that I honestly recall seeing as a kid was actually Monday Nitro. Um. I I though well you know, claim the Attitude Era as my wrestling period. Honestly, the first memory that I have was watching Nitro. And one of the first things that got me hooked on Nitro was the NWO. Um, And at this point, you know, the NWO had, had grown and flourished. And so retroactively looking back at the history of it was seeing Scott Hall and Kevin Nash as the Outsiders and that impact that it had. And it wasn't, it's one of those things, as you mentioned, Greg, too, you know, even though when someone passes, they get kind of that due. um, And and even though it's very, you know, justified for Scott Hall is one of those things that I, you know, work my way backwards with wrestlers. A lot of people work their way forwards, I have to work my way backwards and learn more about them. And so, And learning more about the history and and, and beginning of the NWO and, and Scott's involvement. And then going into his WWF career, it was, you know, captivating to learn and see the evolution of this person. And how they made a character like Razor Ramon be so cool. When in theory, it's fairly hokey. And, you know, and, and it was a very blatant Scarface ripoff, but he made it look cool. And that's an incredibly, takes an incredibly gifted person, dedicated person to do that. And you add your own spin and flair to it. And how that evolved into, you know, what we saw with Scott Hall um, uh, as, as part of the Outsiders in the NWO. And I just remember someone who was just so easygoing, cool, But also, someone who was, you know, could get on your nerves, the exact aspect of a heel. And I don't think there would be as many cool heels or even cool wrestlers today if it wasn't for Scott Hall. He just made it look so effortless and it was entertaining as all hell. Like, I just, everything that he did just was with, looked like with ease, but very intentional. And I've always, always admired that about him. And I think with a lot of people who are reflecting on the news, it's a piece of your childhood, your youth that goes with that. You know, as we grow up, there's moments where we're constantly reminded of how we're adults. We're constantly reminded of bills that we have to pay and things we have to do. But it's those memories that we have as kids, especially watching wrestling that I think when we lose someone like Scott Hall, a piece of that youth, you know, that reminder that we're adults kind of goes away, because we no longer have that person that we associate so much of happy times with, and it's it's it hits hard. It's I, for so many fans, but for me, ten-year-old me, is you know, there's not only just super sad, but also kind of gone. With
1: that, too. So Scott Hall is partly responsible for the first time I came back to watching professional wrestling because Razor Ramon, the Razor Ramon character in the WWE, came along in the 90s uh, when I was kind of outgrowing what, like, at least in my mind, like I was kind of done with pro wrestling for a while. Like Hulk Hogan disappeared. That was really like as a child of the eighties and, and rock and wrestling and the, and the transition that was happening with some of these new characters, I liked the razor remote character, but what the WWE was putting out there was starting to kind of lose its magic for me. And it wasn't until I was living, in a dorm in college when you started to hear about really it was hulk hogan first like because that was the name hulk hogan's a bad guy now and i was like oh really well where what what happened and a guy that lived on my floor shared he used to he had videos of everything like he taped every nitro and kept them and he loaned me like he loaned me the the copy of Nitro where Scott Hall interrupts Mike Enos and whoever he was beating up. I can't ever remember who Mike Enos was wrestling. And that was, yeah, I don't remember. I remember Mike Enos. I distinctly remember Mike Enos on one side of the ring, but it was, it was, that wasn't the point. The match was a throwaway match. Like you're like, when you're watching, you're like, Oh, look how shitty WCW is. They have Mike Enos in a featured match on Nitro. Like that's what you're watching. And then you're like, Oh, Scott Hall, like or at the time Razor Ramon to most people just showed up in the middle of a match interrupted it dropped a line or two and then left and people were then left like Nitro had its hook and that kicked off you know the biggest the biggest story in wrestling for a year and a half for for you know from 96 all in you know half of 96 all in 97 and into 98 when it started to fall you know started to take a turn for various reasons scott hall was a big part of that and and he was you know and i can i can remember him back in his awa days when he tagged with kurt Henning he wrestled in the nwa like i, I shared this on another show like i remember scott hall when he had Brown curly hair and a handlebar-esque, muska- handlebar-esque mustache and was running a cowboy gimmick, basically. Like a tough guy, cowboy-looking gimmick. And then it was Scott Hall and Kurt Henning as the AWA tag, you know, chasing the tag titles for a while. Back in around 86, 87, somewhere in there. Um, I didn't see him as the Diamond Stud and, and then saw him come back as Razor Ramon, you know, clean-shaven with the toothpick. And as you talked about, Brandon, doing the scar thing, And... You know, not only that, but you know, you hear about how much he influenced other wrestlers. Uh, you know, I think everybody, you know, knows the Sting story. Uh, and if you don't, like Sting and a lot of other folks credit Scott Hall with coming up with a crow gimmick look and all and all of that. Uh and by most accounts, when when Scott Hall was right, he was he was a brilliant mind. And I think what's particularly gutting for me is you know, and I'll steal this from Christopher Platt, if you told me 15 years ago that Scott Hall would make it to 63, like, that in itself was was an accomplishment. And, and so for him to, to pass the way that he did was just stunning and, you know, like, on some level it's heartbreaking, like, you know, complications from a surgery – uh, just isn't it just isn't the way you expect anybody to go but and for me just really not him that like he had he had overcome so much and uh he had he had really turned his life around he was in such a better place and hip surgery like hip replacement surgery is is, is like it was just it was gutting is it's something that I think everybody just views as such a normal thing like yeah there's a risk involved but it's a normal it is a relatively routine thing and um that that's that hurts like that's that's what hurts and i think that this is probably the most impacted i've been over over somebody from professional wrestling passing since bobby heenan like and and heenan for different reasons heenan was like my fucking hero uh, and and scott hall he he was just he was, he was so cool and he was so good at what he did. And he never, he never needed a title. Like he never needed a world title to be over. Um, and you just, you wanted, he rooted for the guy when he was trying to pull his life back together. And, and when he did it, it was such a great thing. Uh, and so it just, it's, that's, that's hard. It's a, it's a hard one to swallow, you know, 24 hours later.
2: You know, when he, uh, uh, to go on with the world title thing, I when when we would make lists and everything, he was always on that top five or Mount Rush more of people who never won a world title. And in my fandom I would say, you know, top ten. Uh, favorite you know in, in the top 10 of favorite wrestlers of all time and always has been so many people will come at now and be like Scott was one of the top favorite wrestlers and a month ago they wouldn't have said that and and that's it, you know, whatever it's he probably deserved that praise before you were giving it to him I there's not a lot I can add on the wrestling side of things on top of what you guys have said um, but I do have a few things to talk about number one whenever a wrestler passes away of course you get all the social media posts right a picture that somebody had with that person A lot of it's clout chasing, but I saw somebody post a story, and I'm not going to say who it is, mainly because I don't remember, but I could easily find out if I wanted to, um, that they they were running like an indie circuit, and Scott Hall was appearing, and, you know, loosely planned, not not too many plans. The person ended up riding, like traveling with Scott Hall. I think they were driving, and Scott Hall was, and they told a story about how they went to the first meal, they were eating, whatever, um, nothing too fancy or whatever, and Scott Hall you know picks up the check and and the guy's like you know what and and they must have eaten like six seven meals during this time frame a couple of different cities and Scott Hall paid for everything and and would never even and never said no you can't pay whatever just always was making sure he got the check and paying for it and all of that and you know and, and this person, um, was driving around and there was never a conversation about it. There was never any, it was just assumed and, and happened that way. And Scott Hall just took that, took that initiative and, and, and made that happen. It's kind of like when a, a major leaguer goes down to the minors and they buy like new TVs for the locker or something like that. Like it's just Scott Hall taking care of that. And you hear so many stories of people who uh, got advice from Scott Hall. And and I saw somebody else post, uh, they worked an indie show and Scott Hall was there and they went out and cut a promo and and people were hanging out after the event, like at a bar or something, and Scott Hall Scott Hall asked the person, like, hey, you know, would you like some advice? Like Scott Hall had to ask somebody if they could give him advice. And and the advice was like, Was you did too much. You said too much during your promo. Like you should have said less. You should have of of made them you know you should have made them you don't have to do it all he's like you might you can think of all these great things to say you don't actually have to say all of them you might have all these great moves you can do in a match you don't have to do all of them he's like the biggest and he said the biggest key is you gotta make them happy but also make them wanting more leave them wanting more and we've talked about you know how when we we talk when we do the izw wrap-up shows i always talk about that right two big goals i have for an izw show Satisfy the fans, and make them you know leave wanting more. That's why they come back. And Scott Hall just gets it, man. He always got it. You know, I think he pitched the the Scarface character in in WWE and, and made it work. And you know that with a lot of people credit Vince with the Razor Ramon character, and it's not at all. It was all Scott Hall. Um, and the Diamond Stud was a lot of that too. I mean, obviously it was a character that Scott Hall wanted to play, uh, because the Diamond Stud had those. Uh, undertones to it in WCW but obviously didn't work out and of course his career in the WWF WWE took off from there um, and then of course we get to the Hall of Fame speech and and the famous quote that again thankfully was famous before he passed away people have been quoting this for years since 2014 so it's not like this suddenly came up it's it's been going around for eight years and and you know but obviously, it's a famous quote. and We're going to see it more now as we go through the Hall of Fame.
3: Hard work pays off.
2: Dreams come true.
3: Bad times don't last. But bad guys
2: do. On my... I, I did like a, a, one of my weekly wake-up call podcast that i do off off the substack newsletter um and i talked about that quote and i talked about everything and, and i don't even know what direction this is going to go in but w- there's like four different quotes that i keep with me um one of them ironically enough as you two would know why this is ironic is a bible verse but um but it's it's uh and and one's from from Jim Volvano of all people from years ago, which I had on you know, recorded on a VCR tape, VHS tape. So that, I can tell you that, but this is one of them as well. And And it's tough for me because that, you know, bad times don't last, but bad guys do was uh, a, something to hold on to. It was something to hang on to because when you're dealing with something, like an incurable disease, you're going to grasp at anything you can grasp at. And and that quote was one of the things that I would grasp at at times. The fourth one that I was forgetting is is the I can, I will from, from Roman Reigns, um, who, of course, most people should know by now has the exact, I have the exact same thing he has. So, um, So it hit me a little bit differently when I realized, you know, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Well, the bad guy didn't. And and that's tough. That's, that's tough. That's real hard. Um, but it's just a shift because the bad guy does last. Look at all the conversations we're having now. And, and even the conversations people had about Scott Hall that he, that he wasn't there for and he knows nothing about. Not like he listens to all these podcasts and hears them. If you go back, there's an episode of 83 Weeks that he's on and he's talking to Bischoff and Conrad and then just kind of pieces out on his own. <laughs> It's like, hey, guys, I got to go, like, on air. Um, and, and just, you know, it wasn't anything to him as much as it was to Eric Conrad and the listeners. Um, but for me, Bad Guys Do becomes that, that legacy. Like, you can't live your life trying to cling. Um, the, the, the You know, there's only two things that are guaranteed to happen in our lives. That's birth and death. You know, even people say death and taxes, but we all know by now you can cheat on one of those. Um, many people do and get away with it. It's you know when when the bad guys do suddenly it changes, and and I had to shift that perspective myself because now it's it's what you leave behind and and where you go, um, and and when you get certain things, and I'm sure. Patrick went through this when, when he was diagnosed with diabetes, because I know you've said the quote on occasion, it'll probably kill me someday. Like you've said that, um, your perspective shifts because it's like, what is the, What does that mean now? Now that the bad guy's gone. What is it? And it's, it's, you know, what do you leave behind? How are you remembered? How, how are you, what does your fight look like? You know, Scott Hall was the ultimate comeback story People loved Scott Hall, and he came back, and he turned his life around, and we all know about stuff with, with DDP and and so much else, and, and here he is. And, of course, none of that's what takes him away. Now, maybe the damage done to his body impacted how his body reacted to the 13th. We'll never know that kind of stuff. But he lived a life on the edge at times, but all those things you hear about, the advice he gave people, um, I know I, I read a story from somebody that when they were in NXT, and I don't remember who it was, but Scott Hall was there. You know, a lot of times talent would come through. And they basically begged. And, it was, and and the wrestler who begged was Johnny Gargano. Begged them to do a film study on the ladder matches because Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall were there. And so they basically got to listen. They got to watch the ladder matches with Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall and listen to them talk about the ladder matches. Imagine if that were filmed for the WWE Network. Imagine watching that. Like, you know would be blown away just completely blown away um but it's it's that impact that lasting impact and that's what i take from this like i love scott hall as a performer razor ramon is is from that era that that you know early to mid 90s wwf he was not a cartoon character he was taking us out of that in a lot of ways and you know, even people came before him, like a Yokozuna, who was really a cartoon character if you think about it. Even though there was a violence, there was whatever, but there was nothing cartoon about Razor Ramon. He was the exact opposite. I thought the name was dumb when he debuted. Like I didn't like, you know, that was to me like if Sweet Stan became a singles wrestler and just wrestled as Sweet Stan, like Razor Ramon. But it quickly transcended any thought of the name being dumb that I had because it became iconic for me and for everybody. And it's just huge. And now where we are today, like, I'm just glad we're smart enough to celebrate. And I'm glad that it wasn't demons and it wasn't anything like that that took Scott Hall from us. So we're not focusing on that. We, do we need to focus on those things? Of course we do. But I'm glad that at this time, remember when Eddie Guerrero passed away, like, so much focus and attention was paid to the wrong things because of the mystery behind it all. Same with a Chris Benoit, or he who shall not be named, as people like to say on podcasts, right? None of what Scott Hall did tarnish his reputation and how he left us doesn't tarnish his reputation. It enhances it because, you know, and I remember when he was taken off life support and you see posts and people talking about the bad guys do, the bad guy was for a little bit. Like some people thought he might turn around and be okay. And obviously he wasn't. And, and that's typically what happens when you take somebody off life support. But it's... And, and I guess I'm at that phase of my life where I get influenced by things like wrestlers, like things outside of wrestling, and it's easily applicable to real life, even though this is the furthest thing from real life. We're literally sitting here on Skype recording a podcast about wrestling, lucky to do so and and yet we're talking about how Scott Hall has influenced the sport we love, the business we love and and the people that we love and and how we're all get to talk about it and, and the impact that he's had um. He's an iconic figure and I have a feeling, you know, we still see pictures of Andre and we still see, you know, the the infamous Andre has a posse drawing that was out there. And you see a lot of that. And I think that image of Scott Hall and the, and the bad times don't last bad guys do. It's going to be popping up everywhere forever. A lot more frequently. Like, I don't think it's going to go away. Um, I think it's a permanent change now in our regular daily wrestling vernacular, like just, just like, you know, to the level of Randy Savage, you see Randy Savage stuff all the time. He's an iconic figure to many people who don't even know about his wrestling career. And I could see the same thing happening to Scott Hall and deservedly. So he deserves to go down in the annals of history, be remembered just as much as somebody who was an 11 time world champion, because had he come up during that era, he would have been an 11 time world champion. That's how talented he was. That's how good he was. He changed the business in so many ways. If it wasn't for Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, that's what caused WWE to go to downside guarantees. And and now, you know, 20 years later, it's, you know, three and four and five million dollar contracts. Now, the business has changed, but that's what started paving the road was those guys going to WCW. The NWO, I talk on, you know, mainly on the hashtag Miranda show and, of course, privately, you know, I use a group of wrestlers called Lights Camera Faction, right? I've never had the conversation with them, but you can't tell me what they do isn't influenced by the NWO. They are cool heels. When I booked Lights Camera Action for the first time in November of last year, I literally had fans thanking me for finally bringing them in because they fit so well into what we do in IZW and people love them. And they're bad guys and people love them and to, and what usually happens to bad guys that people love is they become mega baby faces and so did razor Ramon. he was a baby face at the time in those famous ladder matches he was the good guy right he he was that and yep. i love in and that the the snippet of the hall of fame speech that i played he talked about you know the 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 hated villain and, and the beloved hero. Like, he used the villain and hero phrase, not the babyface and heel, because he got it. He was speaking publicly about wrestling, and he didn't use the insider jargon. Like, he just got it in so many levels, and he was so influential. And um, I hope he knows. I have a feeling he does, but I hope he knew the influence and impact he had on the wrestling business, because it's tremendous. It really is. Um, whereas, like, I bet, you know, a Macho Man Savage did Savage ha- didn't know the impact he had on the wrestling business as much as he does today. Um, and I, and I believe that Scott Hall does thanks to, you know, podcasts and conventions and appearances and all that stuff. So, and, and working at the performance center as a guest trainer and everything else. So, um, I don't, you know, we can talk and go back and forth forever about Scott Hall moments, whatever millions of podcasts are going to do that, but any final thoughts, parting words, things that, that you'll be left with, with the passing of Scott Hall before we actually talk about an in-ring wrestling topic. Here in here in a moment, um, Patrick. We'll let you go first this time, and there doesn't have to be anything. Uh, but if there is, now's the time.
1: No, I think um, I, well, I've talked about him twice today already on on podcasts, and I think I've said just about all that I need to.
2: Miranda,
4: and just to your point, Greg, about how words resonate with people and how sometimes they resonate with us in some of the most challenging times um, in our lives. And I would be lying if I didn't say, I've literally repeated that line to myself, bad times don't last, um, because I've needed that. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing when you have a moment like that, where you're celebrating your career, something that you've dedicated so much time, you sacrificed for, and get to bring all of that together. And it is one of those very interesting things, almost in relevance, like the Ultimate Warrior speech on Monday Night Raw after um, his um, induction. And, and again, that was another terrible situation of someone who had you know, climbed back up to you know a a great place in life and was having their career celebrated and then that gets cut you know so short but it's the words and how people make us feel and that leaves such a lasting impression and memory and you know I it's just it's just crazy to think that you know in a moment it may not mean so much but further down the line, for one reason or another, you know, it all, it all kind of comes back to you in ways that you never truly imagined. And I think that speech and even just all the memories, you know, that it comes back to us in a wave Um, and as much of it it is sad, it's also a beautiful thing um, in human nature to have so many people connected and touched by the same person in the same words.
2: Yeah, I, I couldn't say it any better. I mean, those words are, again, one of those things that I cling to. And, um, yeah, and it hits you. It, it hits you hard. Um, you know, maybe right after other things hit you, you know, dealing with the same thing. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a challenge. But Scott Hall is one of the true all-time greats. He'll be remembered as one of the true all-time greats. One thing I haven't heard through all this is a bad story about Scott Hall, and you know the internet would love to share a bad story. So, um, he lived his life the way he wanted to, and, and he pushed the boundaries. He changed the business. He he, he blazed the trails, and and we're, the business, us as fans, us as those who are in the business, we're all better because of it, and and we all owe that to. To, to wrestling's bad guy. I know there was a, a gimmick that was out there today that a lot of people have shared on social media that I shared and I saved as well. Where um, the Grim Reaper's coming to get Scott Hall, and he's like, was I, was I being a bad guy? And he's like, No, you were the bad guy.
3: Hard work pays off, dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do.
0: This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling, make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com.
2: So, we're not doing video yet, but behind Patrick O'Dowd, if you could see it, is a picture of from Ring of Honor of a wrestler by the name of L. Generico. And I always think back to April of 2010 when Ring of Honor came out here to Phoenix. Pl- plenty of people have heard the stories about the, the role I was fortunate enough to play in those two events. That took place out here in Phoenix, and one of the things that we had to do that Friday was grab a van, drive to the hotel, um, which, by the way, there were two of the same hotel, one on East Thomas Road, one on West Thomas Road. We showed up at the one on West Thomas Road. Needed to be at the one on East Thomas Road, but we made that work, um, and and picked up a group of wrestlers, and were driving out, and stopped at a, like a CVS or a Walgreens or something for some people, and people were getting out. And this guy gets out, and he's wearing a rugby shirt, jeans. He's skinnier than everybody else, and he's got this this you know red hair. He's wearing glasses. He's got a red beard, and I'm walking, and you got the Briscoes getting off, and the Rocky Romero, and Steve Carino, and, uh, and and Alex Kozlov and all these people. And I remember looking at Patrick, and being like, "Who the hell's that guy?" I'm thinking, is this, "Is this like somebody's brother? Is this another Carino kid I didn't know about? Like, who the hell is this guy?" And he's like. I tell generico like I, he knew right away. I didn't. Um, and and the guy was this like the whole time he's talking about. I think it was Paul McCartney was going to be performing. In Paul the McCartney area. was
1: doing a concert right after WrestleMania. WrestleMania.
2: In the air. I think it was the, at Chase Field. Phoenix. At the baseball stadium. Yeah, it was stadium. like nearby. And he was buying tickets and, from somebody locally, and he was like, is this person going to kill me? What's going on? They want to meet up somewhere to get tickets because he really wanted to go see this concert.
1: From uh, Craigslist. I think he was at yeah. Craigslisting, And the rest of the wrestlers were ribbing him so hard on what this woman <laughs> was going to... Because I think it, it had been determined that it was a woman that was giving him the tickets. Yes. That she was going to demand certain favors...
2: Patrick froze. He pulled, a, he pulled a Miranda. I did. Um,
1: what, was the, what was the last thing you heard?
2: Certain favors. Favors.
1: Certain favors. <laughs> certain favors. Certain that, that his life could be in danger and that he shouldn't go alone. And he actually approached us and asked us if we'd seen anybody at the venue looking for him as if we knew who he was. Which is within what prompted Greg as he walked away to be like, who is this guy? And I was like, it's hell generic, old man. Oh. Nope. And then he was and, and then you got a good look at the beard, and you're like,
2: oh. Made perfect sense at that point. Made perfect sense. And you go on to have a tremendous impact on those events, as you we could all expect. Um, and of course, he he eventually leaves Ring of Honor, works some indie stuff, gets back, blows off his program with with, with Kevin Steen in a famous ladder match at Final Battle a couple years later and then both those guys and and bunches of other people that were on those events find their way to WWE, find their way to NXT, and thus Sami Zayn is born. And as we head into WrestleMania, of course, we know Sami Zayn in a very high-profile match with Johnny Knoxville after winning and immediately pretty much losing the Intercontinental Championship. And Patrick O'Dowd actually requested that we discuss the, the specific generic luchador behind him, Uh, Better known now as Sami Zayn. So, Patrick, we're going to let you go first. Um, I know why you wanted to talk about Sami Zayn, but I'll let you kind of let the people know what is it about Sami Zayn that you feel is so important to discuss here and now on the road to WrestleMania?
1: That he's fucking winning the WWE right now. And and I don't think people are recognizing it. I I mean, that's kind of what we talked about before we jumped on to start recording, there's just there's this fascinating narrative, and it's a, it's a small collective of folks because you know my my reach is limited as to to what I see of people who somehow feel like one, it's wrong that Johnny Knoxville is working a WrestleMania match, even though that's just a blatant disregard for the history of WrestleMania. And do you do you even do WWE at this point? Two. That somehow Sami Zayn has been slighted, wronged, or mistreated because he immediately lost the Intercontinental Title due to Johnny Knoxville. Never mind, folks. That if you jump on Twitter and follow Sami Zayn right now, we've got one of the most fun things going on. As everybody has his phone number and he keeps posting screenshots of Facetime calls interrupting me at different interrupting him at different points. And, and my favorite being the latest one where he's in a bathtub um, and he's just his head in the tub, like, it's like a bubble bath or whatever. Um, and, and, and there's the screenshot of him just being like, leave me alone. And that this rivalry with Johnny Knoxville that people thought was going to be a one-off at Royal Rumble. For those of you who want, you know, lengthy storylines and, and, you know, long storytelling, this has been going since January. And is going to culminate at WrestleMania. How great is that? And how great is it for Sam, Sami Zayn, and his character? And how perfect is he for this sort of entertainment? Like this is entertaining shit, and he's killing it, and it's awesome. And couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Like that, and that's just it. Like a pre, this is I guess this is as much a, a just a. Can we have a Sami Zayn appreciation episode and just talk about how great the, how great he's been um you know even the WrestleMania before he's become the celebrity foil guy right like Logan Paul now Johnny Knoxville like I look forward to whatever low rent celebrity he fall he he gets to fall victim to next next week or next year like cuz I, I think that that's a perfectly acceptable role. He's like a cheaper version of the biz right now. Like he's like the dirty boots on the ground version of the biz. He's the heel that um, gets to rub elbows with a different sort of a fellow and everybody wants to see him lose. And it's just, it's great. And, and I think people are missing the boat on how good this has been for, for Sammy I think and, and how good, how much fun he appears to be having and enjoying his time with Johnny Knoxville, and that this is this is overall a good thing. Period, and, and embrace it. Just embrace it.
2: Miranda,
4: I mean, it's. A, I don't have a counterpoint. Like it's all valid stuff. I mean, you know, he has been. A very entertaining. I've loved this, you know, this this revamp of, of Sami Zayn, you know, versus this Liberator conspiracy theorist Sami. Like, all of, I've been on board in all of these train cars that has been the Sami Zayn Express through, too. I feel like, of course, he is a very talented wrestler, of course. But he's also in the business of sports entertainment. And I feel like he's just been able to latch on and be so entertaining in the ways that make sense for him, too. You know, it's quirky, but it's also, I'm sure, shades of, of who he is and shades of what interests him. And I think that's just the best marriage of, you know, someone's personality, skills, uh, and genuine expression, you know, of their, of their emotion in a way that, again regardless of, of whether you like the characters or not, it makes you feel something. And that means he's doing his job well. And as we've talked about in the past, anytime WWE partners a wrestler with a celebrity, there's a high level of trust in that, that they trust that wrestler to work well with this celebrity because the celebrity doesn't have, you know, the background or, or the knowledge um, of the wrestling world. And so they're pretty much bringing in this wrestler to say, okay, you're, you're responsible for this now, you know, you, you, you are, are part of this bigger story. And I think that the dynamic between Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn has been really fun, really, really fun. And I, I can't say anything really negative about it. Like what's why? Why? Like, what would be so negative? I mean, again, of course, the Sami Zayn that that people knew back from NXT. You know that that huge baby face, like all of that. That was a great Sami Zayn too. But just as we see with everyone, it's an evolution. You know that same Sami Zayn isn't going to come back, nor he should. He shouldn't come back. You know he's an older, wiser person. That if anything has has had fantastic matches, won championships. But he he knows enough to, to know he doesn't have to be that person anymore. And I don't. And I hope fans don't expect him to be that person anymore.
2: You stumbled upon something really really brilliant there, and it wasn't my intention to to talk bad about AEW during the show. But here we go. Oh, um,
1: uh, everybody it wanted, happen, wh- but it just happens.
2: It just happens when his contract was coming up. Everybody talked about. It. Same with Kevin Owens. Everybody wanted him to go to AEW. And they wanted him to show They wanted Kevin Owens to show up, be Kevin Steen, and, and reunite Mount Rushmore with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. And they wanted Sami Zayn to go to AEW, put the mask back on from Tijuana, and be El Generico again. And I just realized something. You talked about it, all the evolution of all the characters in WWE. Nobody evolves in AEW, they just go do what they've always done. They're just characters and things that people loved, plucked, put in AEW, be the same thing. Like that's all it is that that's Chris the Jericho only people who have evolved guy. and changed their characters are ones that came out of WWE like Matt Hardy and Daniel Bryanson and Daniel Bryanson Daniel Bryan Danielson and, and you know, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, like those are the, and Chris Jericho. Those those are the brilliant performers who have evolved and they all have come from WWE. So um, it, it's, you know, and, and Keith Lee couldn't evolve and that's why he's back as limitless Keith Lee basically in AEW. Um showing how limited he is, ironically enough. And it's it's that just kind of shows like you talked about the evolution of Sami Zayn and how much we loved him in NXT and how much we loved him in Ring of Honor. And we did. You know, we, we loved El Generico in Ring of Honor we loved everything that they did. Um but yeah, you he, he's evolved and he's evolved into something better than that. And I think that's hard for a lot of people to swallow. I also Can think I just that
1: add to that for a second. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Of course
1: you hear all the time and not the pile on AEW, but the the concept of you know like creative freedom and that that there's like this big like vice grip on your creativity at the WWE are you telling me that Sami Zayn had no hand in the direction of his character?
2: almost everybody does
1: and I know I know I, I'm just I'm, I'm helping you like yes
2: that's the key to that, success in WWE take what they give you. And make it even better. Take what they get. Because then when they see you performing something, world's better than... than when, remember when Matt Riddle was riding around, quote-unquote, forgetting his lines on, right. on a scooter? And then it was reported that he was written like that? But but it came off so Matt Riddle-ish, there's no other way to tell you, that people thought it was he really screwed up. And really, it was written that way. Right. And... And, and I believe a report like that because it was actually a report praising WWE. So it's probably right. Um,
1: well, it's – and that's that's the thing why I, – like I don't understand why people, you know, lose their shit over a name change. Like yeah, or, it, you know – or yeah, like, they you do. know, people lost their shit over Braun Breaker then immediately embraced him and are now pissed that he's not the champion anymore. Like right. that's, that's the fickle sadness of the IWC. People are mad about the name Butch. Because it's, what, Butch? Like, he, he like we don't even know where the character is going to go. What, either, like, whether you think the name is stupid or not. Right. Like, you know who did a great job of running with just goofy-ass gimmicks and, and making the most out of them?
2: I mean, I can think of, like, 18 Certain- different people.
1: Well, but, <laughs> but there's one I used to talk about all the time. And, and he's currently a free agent, and everybody thinks he's showing up every week on Raw right now. And that's Cody Rhodes.
2: Cody Rhodes, yeah.
1: Like, Cody Rhodes took the dashing gimmick and made it everything he possibly could. He took stardust and he dove hard into that so much so that he was frustrated when they wouldn't let him go further. Um, so those are the people that that make it. And that's why Sami Zayn is making it. That's why Kevin Owens is making
2: it. Cody Rhodes um, did such a good job. He had everybody believing he was an executive in the world of pro wrestling. It, it's amazing how good he was <laughs> at playing these characters.
4: Oh Wow.
2: But he's a great performer, and when he comes back here in the next few weeks, it's going to be fantastic with him and Seth Rollins. But here's the other thing about Sami Zayn. Everybody wants him to leave. You said it, Patrick, especially. He's obviously happy. He's obviously thrilled.
0: Right.
2: I also firmly believe, and he's kind of said this, and this comes up again with another point. I think he's happy doing what he's doing, but even happier because the platform it gives him for Sami for Syria, which is more important to him. We talked about with Scott Hall, Right. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Leaving that legacy behind, and here he is, leaving the legacy behind for something he so believes in. He doesn't, can't perform in Saudi Arabia for these reasons, and, and all that he's doing, all the hard work he's doing. When he was injured, I mean, they were playing videos of him promoting Sammy for Syria when he was out injured, completely out of character, and WWE was supporting him in, in this endeavor. Um so, and, and so get, and he gets to re sign a contract and make millions of dollars while still doing all of this. Like, it's a no brainer. Here's the other thing, and I've been saying this for years, and no one believes me, and maybe I'll end up being wrong. I firmly believe he has a Daniel Bryan babyface run in him still. I do. Yeah. Because of how over he is right now. Because he could still be El Generico without the mask. He, he, he was when he was the babyface in WWE and NXT. He could still be that, and and get a mega push, and possibly even to an underdog world champion. Would he be it for long? No. The, the best thing that ever happened to that version of Daniel Bryan was having to drop the title because the story was over when he when he won at WrestleMania thirty, and and then when he was able to do it again, it was as a heel. Um, but it, it's all of his other big time runs were as a heel. Sammy, I think, can do that because I believe he would captivate. An audience's imagination, and that's what it takes. That's what Daniel Bryan did, um, and I believe that that Sami Zayn could do that as well. Um, and, and who knows? I mean, could you imagine a story where where the Bloodline just continually beating the crap out of Sami Zayn? He's having a fight from underneath. Huge. He'd be yeah. a megastar. And Johnny Knoxville's helping him at some point. Like like these are the things that would happen. And and yeah, he's in the perfect place for him. He should never go to AEW or anything like that. And he's going to be in a high profile match at WrestleMania, higher than he would have been defending the Intercontinental Championship against somebody. I, I, I yeah, feel like I need to ask right, Miranda a question because she's frozen on video, but I don't know if she's frozen on audio.
1: It, it's all oh, of the, it's you. all of the Skype problems today. Yeah, it is.
2: It is. Everybody's I, been I cut out. It's all good. It's all good. I do want to pose one thing to you guys, and it really kind of wraps both these topics up together. Um, and, and you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll even uh, we'll even do it do it proper.
3: All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, that we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, that we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out. Of-
2: Sami Zayn did lose the Intercontinental Championship to Ricochet on SmackDown. And after, you know, winning it from from Shinsuke Nakamura. Of course, Nakamura, Rick Boogs, challenging the Usos. That's a big part of why Shinsuke had to drop that title because you need to have Rick Boogs at WrestleMania. Like, the character is over. You need to have Pat McAfee dancing on the table. You'll notice Rick Boogs' match and Pat McAfee's match are on different nights, so McAfee can be in commentary. I mean, it all makes sense. And when Butch you know, debuted Pete Dunn on SmackDown. It was reported that the, the storyline there was going to be Seamus Ridge Holland and Pete Dunn against the new day at WrestleMania. And we don't know what's going to happen with that now. Thanks to, to the injury, uh, you know, to, to Big E and, and the break in his neck. Um, and I saw, I can't claim, you know, originality for this idea, but with Ricochet as the intercontinental champion and the passing of Scott Hall, how can you not have an intercontinental championship ladder match at WrestleMania? Uh,
1: Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that thrown out there all over the place. I think it's, I think it's a good idea. I think it's such an easy idea and such an easy thing to just do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think of course, now that we're saying, Oh yes, they should totally do this. They won't, but I, I, I've heard, yeah, because I've seen people suggesting like a four corner ladder match, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, multiple folks. Honestly, for my money, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a true throwback, and I understand why you do like a four corner because yeah. you know there's he gets more people involved, but you know the, he, they did the first one, you know, one on one, you know, even though Bret Hart likes to claim that it was his idea. Um,
2: well, he was really like in the first see- one, but yeah.
1: I would love to see it be a one-on-one match with Rico- Ricochet and someone else. I get, I get like putting as many people as possible in yeah. there, uh, but to, you could. I mean, and all those performers
2: around the Ricochet and Kofi Kingston. I know they're both babyfaces, but yep. imagine that ladder match. Oh God! Ricochet and Sheamus. Ricochet and Pete Dunn you know, or because honestly, what I thought when Biggie was out was that they wouldn't have ricochet defend. He would just team with the new day against this threesome, Mm. but you could still involve everybody. Say the match was ricochet versus Kofi Kingston versus Sheamus. You still got Xavier Woods out there. You still got Ridge Holland out there. You still got Pete Dunn out there. It's, you know, you could do that way too. You could have a triple threat ladder match at WrestleMania for the intercontinental championship. Um, I could see it. I could definitely see it. See it taking place, and and it'll be interesting to see. And we'll probably know. We're only a few weeks away. We've got SmackDown on Friday. We'll probably know. But uh, food for thought. And it would be a great, you know, way to further memorialize Scott Hall. And maybe you know, your WWE, you got billions of video packages. Right, right before that ladder match, you show highlights of Shawn Michaels and and, and Scott Hall with with Shawn Michaels talking about the match. You know, you do that. Um, and and maybe. Crazy enough as, as it is to even circle back in a prior conversation. Maybe this is enough to entice a certain Johnny Gargano back to WWE. Who knows? I'm not just saying.
1: I'm Who
4: just knows?
2: saying. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, it's the road to WrestleMania. We get to have a lot of fun. Who the hell knows?
0: It's a shameful thing.
2: And with that, we will complete our run here this week on The Greg DeMarco Show. We hope you've enjoyed our conversations. We talked about non-wrestling stuff in the beginning. We took our Scott Hall conversation very personally, which hopefully you can appreciate that because everybody's going to talk about Scott Hall's career in the coming weeks on podcasts, and that's great. Um, but, but we're human beings, and that's why you listen to this show, and that's why uh, our shows are you know, really good and so much better than a lot of the other ones. Um, and I'm not talking about the ones in the network I'm talking about. There's a million and a half wrestling podcasts. This is how you stand out. But we do thank you for listening. My name, of course, is Greg DeMarco at Chair Shot Greg on all of your forms of social media. He is the Wrestling Realist Patrick O'Dowd. He is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T on the Twitter. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist Patrick O'Dowd. He dipped, of course... You all remember, he dipped back under 500. I tweeted, got him back over 500. I'm assuming he's still there yes. now. So, No. no. no.
1: And, and there's there's no tweet recovery this time, because they purged the rolls pretty hard. I'm all the way down to 468. Oh, no. Oh. I went oh, from 502 no. to 468.
2: Holy so, crap. That's got to be like a record. Oh. Well,
1: Help me, Twitterverse. No Help kidding. me, real person, Twitterverse, because yeah. I've tasted success. You're and his only hope. Just like getting bounced in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I, I got to get back. I, I got to get back.
2: You do, and you will. Wow. 468. I'm looking at it right now. That
1: was, a, that was, it, was a, it was a devastating, devastating blow Man, to the ego.
2: It was fun while it lasted. That's for sure. So, all day. All day. And you can follow her on the Instagram and the Facebook, but not the Twitter, because she is the Twitterless heroine. It is the Queen of Soft Style, Miranda Morales, at the hashtag Miranda. Miranda spelled out or the Miranda spelled out, of course. Hashtag also spelled out in the hashtag Miranda. Follow the website at chairshotmedia for the chairshot.com, where of course we remind you to, to do things right and uh, always use your head.
4: Thechairshot.com. Always use your
2: head who knows what the wrestling world will bring us next week but we'll be right back here with you to discuss this crazy world that we love so much maybe we'll be talking about basketball maybe we'll be talking about something else who knows but it will be entertaining as always until then we appreciate you listening and we will see you right back here next week on the greg demarco show just remember always use your head
3: If you asked Razor how he was doing, the standard response was better than you, Chico. I learned that when I stepped through that curtain that I could have a relationship as a performer with an audience. And it was a powerful thing to me, whether I was the hated villain or the beloved hero. And that was something that I've always treasured. So thank you to all the wrestling fans here and all the fans watching around the world. In my lifetime, I've learned Hard work pays off Dreams come true Bad times don't last But bad guys do the com. always use your head